Blog Talk Radio. Well, good morning, folks. I hope you are having a phenomenal day. As you can hear, <coughs> my voice is not getting better, although I'm feeling better. Uh, so it'll probably be next week before it uh, is all the way back. But I want to thank everyone for being on the show. I'm Troy Dooley, the host of RealMentorsRadio.com. We're in Craig Rochelle's book, Weird, because normal isn't working. And the first thing I need to ask is that y'all keep my mom and dad in, my, in, your, in your prayers and your thoughts. Uh, my dad went into the hospital last night. Uh, we'll be there at least through the day. They're doing some stress testing on his heart. Uh, it's, it's a variety of things that took place that caused this. Uh, he's been to the doctor twice, a urologist. So uh, it's just one of those things that happens. <clears throat> so please keep him in there in your prayers. Today's chapter is really focused on on those of us that screw up parenting all the time. It's called aiming at the wrong target. Don't worry that children never listen to you. Worry that they're always watching you. I read that and I thought about it. You know, each of my kids, we've had six. Now we're raising three granddaughters. And each of them have such unique, God-given personalities. It's humorous. But as a parent, I started young. I was 19 years old when Josh was born, trying to raise a young just a teen myself and then trying to raise him and then having JT and Dalton and, and eventually as, as we Paige and I got older I mean obviously we've had all the kids and Jetty's our youngest not eight we have grown as parents what worked or didn't work or what we thought would work what we'd read or didn't read you know we, we used to cling to the verse you know raise them up as they should be raised and they will come back and all that crap and you sat there and you think, what is it? What am I doing? Is there a middle ground? And I remember we started, the boys started getting older and going to the youth group. You know, we would look and parents would would learn that our boys were rebels. And they would look at us and say, well, it must be you. It must be the way you parent. And so, I don't know, we've, we've never hidden anything from the boys. They know about our lifestyle, our upbringings, our our positives, our negatives. I mean, we're, we're both our kids as friends and their parents, um, which is a whole different training. But I did find something interesting as I was going through Craig's book, because Paige and I always tried to find a middle ground. I was raised disciplined one way, she was raised and disciplined another way. We tried to find that happy medium ground for us. And then I read his book. He says, no matter how diverse a family appears from the outside... I've discovered that almost every parent struggles with the same core issues about raising their children. He said, someone might argue, Craig, don't you think you have sheltered kids because they haven't been around everybody else? And he said, no. He goes, let's face it, when it comes to parenting, most people don't want to raise odd or socially awkward kids. And we certainly don't want rebellious heathens who do jail time or selling drugs or or before they're old enough to vote. Well, <clears throat> I started snickering at that because we've been accused of that ourselves. We homeschooled all of our children. Josh was the only one that really wanted to go to school, and even that didn't work out to the best. He's the one that has ended up in jail, although him and Dalton both have ended up in legal issues. Even JT at 16 was popped by the cops for drinking. 
And and through this all, we've had a growing experience as parents. All of a sudden, we had to realize that the Bible is, in our case, very, very true. I know some people don't believe it, but God gave us a freedom of choice. He gave us free will to do as we see fit, whether it's rebellious or not. So the actions of our children do not necessarily need to, although they will, because society will cause them to reflect on the parents. I've learned not to be embarrassed by anything my kids do. Those are my children. Funny thing is, in network marketing, most of the contracts are now written that if somebody in your household does something embarrassing, the company can terminate you, which is I, I find very humorous because it just doesn't work that way. You know, we've got to we've got to look at how we parent. We've got to realize there are boundaries that have to be set. There are rules. I remember one time Josh decided to leave the house because I said no cell phone after 10 o'clock. Dalton decided to leave at 16 because I told him it's either my way or the highway and you're going to be here at 10 p.m. You're not staying out till 11. It's funny how at those certain situations, it seems like life's falling in on us, but yet I watch as my boys have grown and gone on on their own. Craig writes, we love our kids and we want to give them freedom, but not too much that it harms them. My my friend and former mentor, Kevin Lehman, used to have a saying. He said, freedom is never free. And and that's so true. At 9-11, we had those signs made up and put in front of our office building. See, freedom is never free. And even though kids are young and they think they want all this freedom... I remember within six months, Dalton had called and said, man, I need to come back home. This is uncool. So we all go through situations like this. And parenting is is like this no matter what the age is. Now, with our two girls, they've been somewhat different. Their personalities are different. Their likes and dislikes are different. But they have used the boys as examples, and they realize, okay, we want to get married, make love, and have babies, not have sex, make babies, and then get married because it doesn't seem to work. So they're focused on their spiritual growth and they're focused on the relationships. Cassie right now is very heavy duty into her spiritual life. Tessa loves her spiritual life and she's just gotten into a relationship with a strong young man that I really like. This is the things that we look at, what we're looking at when we're raising kids. What is Normal, Tess is 17, and this is really the first relationship she's had. And she's deciding, you know, what what her likes and dislikes, what her boundaries are. Craig writes this, he says, Most people, even Christians, tend to avoid the extremes. Instead, drifting to the center. Comparisons help us feel more comfortable. Since we're good parents, we stay away from those bad edges. We don't shelter our kids too much. We don't give them too much freedom. We strive not to be too demanding, and we never make them. Wait a minute, wait a minute. And we never want to make them into entitled, no good, lazy brats. The problem is we're aiming for the middle, and that's the wrong target. Now, Craig is absolutely right. When you look at this, when you listen to what I'm saying, this is going to be from a Christian worldview. See, I've come to the realization, as Craig has written in here also. As Christian parents, the focus is to teach our kids about God. Not about the do's and don'ts, but the hope and the grace. Line them to realize you're going to make mistakes, and yes, you're going to sin. 
There are going to be people that, that are going to come into your life and you'll probably draw away from church. But you've got, to forf- you've got to focus on the fact that you have a freedom of choice. You get to do what you want to do. Craig writes this. He says, God didn't call us to be dead in the center of what the world calls success. In fact, if our kids are successful in every normal way, they could miss God's main mark. Jesus said, What good is it for a man to gain the whole world and yet forfeit himself? Luke 9.25 See, if we raise our children to become well-adjusted, materially comfortable, professionally successful adults, but they don't know the one who created them or lived for them, or died for them even, then all the success of the world is nothing. See, normal is to strive to the center of what the world lives like. Weird is to live at the center of God's will. I told you guys before, November, December, I really focus on where the Lord wants me for the next year. Where have I fallen short in the previous year, and what do I need to do to overcome that and to move forward? We all need to do that, even in our parenting. Craig writes, we have to understand that when it comes to parenting, there are no guarantees. Sometimes great Christian parents raise strong Christian kids. On the other hand, I've watched very strong and committed Christian parents raise kids who eventually became complete hellions. That happens. I don't know where my my boys' personal relationships are with Jesus Christ. At least two out of the three of them, I do know where I think one of them is. And that's based on conversations that we've had. And it is it is tough. Because let's let's be realistic, as parents we would love our kids to have our values. At least those of us that have values. But you know, I've seen parents that that have struggled with their own self. I, I know one parent who since He's addicted to porn. He doesn't see a problem with his kids surfing it. I've got other parents that because they smoke, they don't have a problem with their kids smoking. I had one mom say, you know, I was pretty much sexually active under the age of 18. Uh, you know, I expect my daughter to be. And, and it just it blows my mind, really, as I analyze and I think of it. <clears throat> because we cannot do that. Especially if we call ourselves committed Christians. It's not a matter of, well, it's just a, a passing phase, it's a coming of age or whatever. We can't. It's not what it's about. What we have to do is find that ground where Jesus talks about the grace of God. You look at what Jesus did. He invested in his disciples. Not all of them, even at the end, would accept him as, as the Savior. Judas betrayed him. Craig writes this, When Jesus invested in his disciples, or as we could say raised God's children, he certainly challenged them to be different, set apart. But he never told them to hide in a cave or stay safe. In fact, when Jesus came, he came full of grace and truth. As a parent, when we lead with all grace, our permissives could allow our kids to wander into dangerous places and take them into harmful influence. On the other hand, when we constantly deliver heavy-handed truth and dogmatic parenting, can produce legalistic kids who are later prone to rebel. Like Jesus, we must parent with truth and grace. 
We have to set the boundaries, the guidelines in which our kids walk. We have to understand that they're going to cross. And my baby girl, Tempest, she's our, our second oldest granddaughter, today put on a, a, an outfit that I've warned her not to put on. It's just too little. I took it off. I swatted her butt, and we had a talk. Setting those boundaries, and she sees the consequences. This is what we all must do. <clears throat> Because we have consequences. We've got to focus. How can we do that? One way is to always be humble. When we screw up and we're not acting like we should, we need to ask our kids, our wife, our family for forgiveness. Hey, I had the wrong attitude. I came at it wrong. It's hard for me, and I've had to do that. Many times. Nobody wants to ask for forgiveness. Nobody wants to admit they're wrong. For men, it's a sign of weakness. But is that really what it is, or is it a sign of strength? See, Craig writes, one of our greatest dreams is to have our kids end up somewhere on purpose. Start with the destination in mind. To do so, you'll need to be able to clearly articulate your number one priority as a parent, and then constantly enforce it by what you do. Again, from an, a, a, a Jesus follower, a Jesus believer, Christian standpoint, I want them to know God is my full focus and their mom is my second. Everything else comes after that. Craig writes, if we are faithful parents, we gradually teach our kids to do things without us. But our goal should not be to raise totally independent kids. Our goal is to raise them to be dependent, not on us or someone else but really the true Lord God. He is the only one who knows what's best for them and can lead them to his perfect will. Above all else, we should, over time, teach our kids what it means, what it looks like to depend on God. I thought that was great. You know, here we are trying to trying to live as a parent. Man, it's tough. Like even today, I, I got a minced a message from Josh. They said, "Hey, can can you find time and money in the in the budget and the schedule to to take Ashton to see her mom in in prison? And she's she's three or four hours away from us, and that has been one of our objectives. But due to just some financial situations that are there, that has not been at the top of the priority list. And I explained to him why. That's tough being able to not just say, "Yes, yeah, sure, we can do that.'" when I know that's what one of my objectives is. But at the same time, I've got to look at what's best for everyone. And I've got to fit it in the way it will go. And there's going to be hurt when that happens. Because when you set boundaries, and people know what the boundaries are, and they cross them, and they know your situation, and they still cross them, they set themselves up to be hurt by your answer. Or you set yourself up to be guilted into doing something that you don't want to do. So setting boundaries hurt, but it's a necessity no matter what the age of your child is. So what is it you can do? Here's what Craig says. The best thing you can do for your kids is to show them God working in you on a daily basis. Let them know, I'm not perfect, but I'm working on it. See, kids are are quick to pick up on our real feelings and motives. So the only way to be truly weird, life-changing, is to express your faith organically. Don't try to shove it down their doggone throat. Don't try to tell them go to church and and then you go to the strip club. Do things that you're supposed to do and do it right. It's the only way. 
Craig says, let them know the hardest part of your day. Do that based on the appropriate, you know, what's appropriate for their age. But how you, you've got to connect and how you've got to trust God and how areas just hurt. You know, my kids know that, that right now we've lost a couple clients and we've got to get our income back up. It's it's That's no big deal. I believe that when you're authentic, you, you let people know where you're at. doesn't mean you're destitute. It just means, hey, we're going to have to cut back on some of the frivolous spending we've been doing. That's the way it is. Normal people don't do that. They stick it on a credit card. So what is it we can do? Craig gives us <clears throat> seven things that I thought were great on this. He says, number one, train them to manage God's money. You can look at uh, verses in Proverbs 3, 9, and 10. But we want them to understand they're not entitled. they got to work for it. There's going to be delayed gratis, uh, gratification in their lives. If we don't do that, then they're always going to be dependent. they blow everything they have. Number two, train them to carefully select friends. Good verses, Proverbs thirteen twenty. I used to hate it, and I've told you guys this. When mom would say, "Man, I don't, I don't like them. Be careful with them." But then I've learned she's got that intuition. So teach your kids to be selective with their friends. Bad company can definitely correct good morals. And if you're at the wrong place, wrong time, with the wrong people, you're going to get wrongly accused. Number three, train them to watch their words. Oh, what goes, what comes out of our mouth is what's in our heart. We've already learned that. When kids say things, they got to learn they are responsible for them. We've got to work on their heart when we see that. Number four, train them to be responsible. See, we don't just give allowance, never have. they got to earn it. We want them to know and understand that nothing's for free. You've got to work. It's paid off. The girls all have money. Number five, train them to guard their minds. What goes in our mind eventually gets to our heart. What's in our heart comes out of our mouth. Focus on God, not all the other crap. Number six, train them to be generous, giving, not just of their money, but of their time, with an open heart. And train them to fear God. I'm talking about an honor, a respect, a, a good fear, not a not a scary fear. Craig writes this. I thought this was good. He said, parenting is one of the hardest, grittiest, richest, and most glorious gifts that God entrusts with us. To love our children well, which virtually every parent initially longs to do, or excuse me, innately longs to do, requires us to choose a narrow path that lies between the easier, broader gates of all or nothing. He said, God created us as his unique individual children and loves us according, accordingly in ways we can't even imagine. He loves us enough to give us the free will to choose how we respond to him and his love and how we treat his children. We must love our children in the same combination and devotion and balancing of grace and truth as God does us. I thought, wow. He ends this chapter this way. But we're called to be wonderfully weird parents, moms and dads who engage with their kids fully in the present moment of each day. Parents who navigate with their kids through the currents of the culture 
using the compass of God's words. Parents who overcome their fear with love, which is my definition of courage, are almost my definition of weird. I love that. I just love the way he did it. Tomorrow, hopefully my voice will be back. If you please, this will be, I believe, our third in the relationship series, which means we move on to sex. Well, that ought to be interesting. Folks, live life like it's an epic adventure. I'll see you at the top. Be back here tomorrow with me for RealMentorsRadio.com.